Thank you, Dooner and the Dude. I'm JT Angstrom with Freight Waves here with Rob Hatchett from Seat My Trucks. Rob, welcome to the studio. Hey, man. Good to be here. What a day it's been. Halfway Something else, first. huh? This is, this is amazing. This is, this is a, a, a unique oasis in the town of Chattanooga, isn't it? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to be on the Freight Waves team for a day and a half. And just uh, we've been working on this for five months, and I've just been amazed at how it's all come together. Well, we're, done. we're thankful to have you. And, 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 and you're a native. Chattanooga. Nashville, but been here a long time. Been so, here a long time. Yeah. Okay. 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 But so you've been able to see kind of the whole evolution of, you know, where we're sitting in the middle of right now, oh. which is fairly unique, isn't it? Absolutely. I remember this building, I think, was it a nightclub at a time or, or something way back in the day? It started and off as an automotive assembly plant and then converted into a, a, a brewery. Brew, okay. Which is why there's still a bar downstairs. That's right. Yes. And, yeah, gotcha. So I've, I've seen all that happen. And it's, uh, I live two blocks from here, so I've seen okay. it very, very closely. And okay. uh, y'all just y'all done an amazing job for the city, for the industry. And uh, again, I'm just thankful to, oh, to be here with you. Thank you. That's very nice of, uh, of you to say. And, and so now um, you, you have a history in trucking in this town, uh, you personally. Uh, you've worked for a large truckload carrier here and then uh, founded and, and now run Seat My Trucks. Can we talk a little bit about first your experience at that truckload carrier and what you saw with respect to drivers, driver management, and some of the challenges in and around drivers, which then I think is a great introduction to what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I got to tell you this, in 2001, back in Nashville, my, my father lost his job. Uh, September 11th happened, and uh, and he got picked up by a trucking company, Star Transportation, up in Nashville. Okay. And at 19 years old, I didn't know anything about trucking, and little did I know I'd go on that that my father kind of introduced me to uh, to what would become my future career. That's so, funny. But uh, but yeah, so spent uh, spent years at Covenant Transport here in Chattanooga, uh, vice president of recruiting, hiring thousands of drivers a year, and uh, loved my time as the carrier and getting to talk face to face with drivers day in and day out. And so, but about 18 months ago, I, I saw, hey, I think there's a niche uh, in, uh, in helping other carriers through advertising. Uh, and, uh, and so I left Covenant, started Seat My Trucks. And, uh, and so we're an advertising agent. We place ads to help carriers uh, get applications from drivers. And uh, kind of our niche is 10th Street. And I'm so thankful they've, they've sponsored the event. And uh, Tim from 10th Street's talking tomorrow. The data he has is, is, is fantastic. Okay. I can't wait to see that tomorrow. Um, and so, but our kind of niche is helping carriers place their ads and use that 10 street tool. And, um, and so it's been, a, it's been a great 18 months. The past six months have been a little crazy. Uh, and so, but, uh, but uh, like I said, just love that this city has so many trucking opportunities, whether you're the carrier, whether you're Freight Waves, whether you're a vendor now for us. And uh, it's, it's a great city to be in trucking for sure. It absolutely is. Uh, some would call it the, the truck city capital of America. I've called it that many times, personally. So. <laughs> and so, and so let's talk about drivers a little bit. I mean, drivers are the lifeblood of the industry. Yeah. Uh, through and through. And, and uh, you hear it oh so much. And even when you first enter the industry, you hear it. But it's tough to gain a full appreciation for it until you've had some real true frontline experience and fully understanding, okay, now I truly understand truck, you know, drivers really, really are the lifeblood of the industry. And uh, keeping them happy, keeping the truck seated with said drivers, um, you know, keeping them running, w running with, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, with loads uh, to continue to run, you know, revenue on the assets, uh, making sure they feel special and routed, and making sure they get home appropriately is all critically important. Though none of it is trivial or, or easy, and it, it's kind of resulted in this uh, 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 dynamic where, in the industry space, there's perpetually 
a lot of turnover, uh, and a lot can be measured by a, a handful of different metrics. Uh, but even the best truckload carriers find themselves with turnover north of 20%, and some north of 50, and others north of even 100. That means we got to recruit a bunch of drivers That's right. to cover that. And, you know, it's interesting you say that. We started planning this carrier summit back in February this year. We all had an event in Fort Worth, and we were going to do it as an extra day at the Fort Worth event. And then obviously COVID happened. And But the one thing I was a little nervous about back in February was, well, how many people will want to talk drivers? Because if you go back to February and March and April, a lot of carriers were full on their trucks. Okay. I mean, they were cutting recruiters and they were cutting advertising spend because there were more drivers than there were jobs at the time. And so I thought, well, I hope in August people want to talk drivers. And then all of a sudden, in the past two months, drivers have become a hot topic. Yeah. And, uh, and this, this couldn't be timed any more perfectly for the environment that we're in with carriers going, we got to talk about drivers. And, and I always judge kind of the, 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 the market on drivers by what the analysts say when the quarterly reports come out. It was like a year, they never talked about drivers. Because mm -hmm. carriers, even with turnover, they could go find more drivers. Right. But now with the Q2 reports that came out, a lot of analysts mention, hey, we got some driver issues going right. on. And, uh, and, and again, perfect time. And uh, again, just so thankful for all the presenters today and tomorrow, because this is what carriers are talking about. We got to keep the trucks full. Mm -hmm. um, and so obviously a lot of factors have gone into, Undoubtedly. Uh, hey, why are, why are we seeing this, this, these empty trucks or this driver shortage? That's true. And, and, and uh, I'm, I'm very familiar with the analyst reports. Um, <laughs> I've written a couple hundred myself uh, and, and, and I still read dozens, if not hundreds to this day. And so now this year, 2020, is unlike any other. Mm. Um, obviously, this is a very cyclical market, uh, independent of 2020. Historically, it's a very cyclical market for a lot of different reasons, and typically the reasons that drive the cycle are all very different, although sometimes you could broadly categorize them into weather or large economic events or um, a housing crisis would be another, another core event now. 2020, what makes this very unique is we're now experiencing one of the most significant health events, pandemic crises, in certainly my lifetime, probably yours, probably many in our audience. And given the nature of a health risk independent, you know, being distinctly different than that of a economic or a, a weather risk, it makes it a really unique market to kind of think through. And so now you, you mentioned a few time periods um, in terms of as it related to driver recruiting, let's walk through kind of year to date and then try to think through what the rest of the year looks like. I think that'll be an interesting thought exercise. Yeah. And would love to hear it from your perspective, given you're right on the front lines, not just for one truckload carrier, but for dozens. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, we've got to start on January 6th. Okay. That's when the drug clearinghouse started. Okay. And so the question is, what impact does that have? And so numbers that... The, that I've seen read through freight waves is I think somewhere around 30,000 drivers uh, have been uh, uh, marked as a drug failure in the clearinghouse. And so does that mean that's 30,000 drivers out of the driving pool? And so we're still waiting to see exactly, hey, what impact does that have? But that started January 6th, and we know there are drivers that are being marked. And so that's got to have some impact on lowering the number of drivers in the driver pool. And this is pre-COVID. This January is pre-COVID. January 6th is pre-COVID. Yeah, that's right. So that was just something we we all had our that's eyes on for years. Yeah, and market so, conditions. That's right. So we saw that. And, um, and so you look February, March, again, freight wasn't amazing. 
And so the demand for, for drivers, carriers, weren't adding tons and tons of trucks. And so because of that, in, in essence, the first quarter you had more drivers than you did jobs. Okay. And so um, and so it was just one of those things. Cares. I, I talked to one, one buddy of mine that's in advertising. He said, I've been doing this 20 years. And in the past 20 years, if I'd have called a carrier and they said they were their trucks were full, I knew they just didn't want to talk to me. They were lying. <laughs> he said, "That's every call now, you know." And that was kind of that March, April, May. Every call, everybody, everybody's full. Yeah. And it was just a just an amazing time. And then obviously COVID. Yeah. Started. Yeah. So February was still pre-COVID. For yep. the it was occurring in Asia, but had not really fully materialized here yet. You could see it in some of the maritime data, but it wasn't really, you know, domestically true. I think if I remember correctly, the first mortality in the United States of America which was the, the indicative sign for me that I thought I knew something was going to happen. I believe I knew I was flying to TCA. Oh, well, yeah. So I believe that was the last week of February. So you figure March started kind of COVID for the trucking industry, if you want to kind of call it that. So yeah. what, what was kind of that first month time period? Well, like? so the, one of the biggest impacts on trucking is, is orientation. So you think about when you hire drivers, most carriers used to bring them all on site put them on a Greyhound bus where there's lots of people crammed into a bus and then bring them to hotels and orientation rooms. And, and that's something that the conversation about online orientation, so many carriers for at least March, April, May, if you want to hire drivers, are the, are, is the driver going to get on a bus? Do you, do you have a room big enough to social distance? And so in, in our world on the front line, how are you going to do orientation? You know, and how are you going to get drivers to your location? And so that was a that threw a real wrench for a couple months. It's we still haven't perfected it, but that's just that's one impact a lot of people don't think about. That's how, really how are you going to activate your drivers? And that's so, really interesting because uh, that's very interesting because you know when the pandemic first came out, we saw a lot of tender volume increases because of all the restocking yeah. and uh, forward positioning of inventory. But, but now the, the comment you're making is, okay, so let's imagine I'm a truckload carrier. I want to add capacity to be able to cover all this volume. If I have a driver's school, I can't exactly fill it up with 250 people. That, that's right. That is right. And so earlier this morning, uh, Don and Brad talked about uh, the, the, the issues with CDL testing. And so uh, specifically for carriers that were hiring students, I mean, that basically stopped for a little while. You know, DMVs closed and now social distancing in the trucks. And so, um, you know, it's kind of that, that, that trickle-down effect to where can't get them to orientation, can't get students trained to get their CDL license, and all that really kicked in March and April, and, and we still haven't figured out the best solution. A lot of carriers are doing online orientation. Some CDL schools are back up, but not all of them, and so, so that's where, again, you think about clearinghouse January 6th, that's taking drivers out of the market. Mm -hmm. You think about it's tougher to get them to orientation. We're not getting as many students tested to get their CDL. Um, that's taking people out of the market. Um, and uh, now the good, the good thing, I don't know if it's good, but you know, kind of that April, May, freight dropped for a lot of carriers. I mean, if a carrier was predominantly automotive, mm -hmm. they had a rough couple of months, right. you know, because manufacturing shut down so much. Um, and so there were a lot of carriers for a couple months that, that chose not to have orientations. Or if they used to hire 10, they'd only hire three or four because freight, and again, the world was going crazy. So, so that was kind of, for a couple months, there was that, do, do we need to hire drivers? Right. Do and we you, have enough freight? And you saw new tractor orders also hit Absolutely. all you know, all-time record lows around that same period of time because carriers were sort of like, well, let me be cautious with my capital. We don't really know what's going to happen here. Is this the new normal? That's right. And, and so, so you've got all those events, and that kind of brings us up to May. 
And so that's where freight started picking up, what, late May, something, you know. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Well, at the same time, we've got this other factor of unemployment kicking in. And that's kind of the one unknown that how many professional drivers are taking unemployment. So we know for a lot of states, for Tennessee, it was $275 for the state portion plus $600 for the federal. They're getting $875 a week. Do you think it's tempting for a regional or OTR driver gone from their family a week to two weeks at a time? Do you think it's tempting to take $875 a week and stay at home mm -hmm. for three months? Human nature would say, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Especially if they've been doing it for a while, they could be thinking to themselves, hey, this is my one opportunity to take two months. And, and not cost myself my a bunch of money. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. And, uh, and so that's, that's the, the, the piece of data I've been looking for everywhere going, does anybody know how many professional drivers went on unemployment for, again, Tennessee, 875 a week, but we know some states were over 1,000 a week. Well, that's more than a lot of local dedicated jobs are paying. I, I talked to one dedicated carrier. They deliver, like, food to restaurants in the city, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, March and April, restaurants shut down, right? So they had to let those 20 drivers go. Those 20 drivers go home to 850 a week. I, want, I wonder, I don't know, had those 20 drivers come back? Right. Because they're probably making as much or more not working. And right. so... So that's one of the, it's an unknown, but you know it has to be a big factor in what we're Clearly. facing right now. And at the same time freight was picking up, mm -hmm. we got drivers being offered unemployment. Unemployment became a competitor to the driver market that we'd never had before. And, um, and so, so that's one of the, now obviously it ended July 31st. So they've talked about moving the federal unemployment from 600 to 400, and so still working that out. But it sounds like unemployment's going to be a competitor for the rest of this year. Right. And clearinghouse took drivers out. Can't uh, get as many students to get their CDL took drivers out. Unemployment's taking drivers out. So you see those three factors, and now freight's picking up. Compounded with volatility in truck orders, elevated freight, contrained driver supply, contrained capital deployment. I said to uh, one executive at a very large truckload carrier a day or two ago, it's unclear to me precisely how rates will look throughout the end of the year on a, on a contractual basis now. However, I think that all of the markings are sort of on the wall for setting up for a phenomenal 2021. And it's a question of when do those negotiations sit up for carriers to really find themselves being able to find reasonable rate increases. And, and when the rate increases come, that's when the driver pay increases come. You know, and that's what, in our world, that we're looking for. If we're having a tough time hiring drivers, well, do we need some more money to, to, to pay them? And, well, obviously, we need rate increases to pay for the drivers. Right. And so that's where, again, I'm not tapped into rates, you know, but, but I keep hearing rates, especially spot markets going up. And so I think the month of September, I think we're going to see a bunch of driver pay increases one way or the other, whether it be sign-on bonuses, maybe cents per mile, but, but if rates start keep going up and we keep having a tough time hiring drivers, filling seats, you're going to see some rate increases. That's what happened in 2018. Exactly. Yeah, carriers are going to start bidding up for talent and they're going to, they're going to do everything possible to pass that through to shippers and, yep. and shippers, they don't, want to own, they don't want to own all the assets, so they're going to have to capitulate a little bit on, on you know, the cost per load. One thing I've wondered, and I'd be, from, from your past, if you, if you agree with this, it seems that carriers are more profitable when they have a hard time hiring drivers. Mm -hmm. I, again, in, in, in my mind, I'm going, well, 2018, it was tough hiring drivers. There were pay increases everywhere for drivers, but carriers were extremely profitable. Mm -hmm. And in 2019, 
it got it got a lot easier to hire drivers, but carriers weren't as profitable. Right. And well, the, so the more capacity is constrained, the easier it is for carriers to uh, have more favorable rate agreements. Yeah. And, and, and it also makes it easier for them to increase their contract spot mix, and typically that's that's a component to pulling up the spot market in totality. So, in, so in our world, I'm going if it's getting getting harder, which the past two months, there's no doubt it's gotten harder to hire drivers. Is that in the end going to be good for carriers? Again, the, the carrier summit here, it's one of those I'm going. Man, this seems to be setting up more like 2018 right now. Uh, and you mentioned going into 2021, but it just it seems to have that same feel. I just is it long-term or a short-term thing? Are we going to face something else that we're not expecting? Well, so that's what we were talking about earlier is, you know, it's not like a big hurricane event occurred in the summer yeah. and we're, we're working our way through it and there's a, a rebuild in Houston or something of the sort like happened in 2017. I, I, think, I think someone would be really challenged to stand up on a big stage right now and say, I know exactly what the next six months is going to look like, right? Yeah, yeah. We may guess, but we don't. We don't. We don't have a clue. Right. You know? and, right. Maybe a health expert knows, but I'm not sure. You know, us yeah. truckers know. And, and with you saying that, that's why when it, when it goes back to drivers and carriers, I think there'll be a lot of pay increases next month, but it may not be cents per mile because that's kind of a long-term play. If I'm going to raise my cents per mile pay, which we know so many carriers pay that way, that's kind of a long-term approach. But you've got a bunch of these bonuses, which we know in trucking bonuses are structured a thousand different ways. You can do more short-term. You know, and it may be a retention bonus. Mm -hmm. Hey, let me keep my current drivers better and give a retention bonus. If you stay here till December 1st, I'm going to give you a bonus. It may be, we talk a lot about sign-on bonuses, but you're starting to see more and more of those come back because those can be short-term things. And so that's kind of what I'm watching for, where there'll be many cents per mile. Again, that's a long-term play. Mm -hmm. um, and so that'll kind of show me the confidence carriers have as to, hey, we're in this for a Start long time. Start passing it along. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, but it's a uh, again th this year is it, it it's been it's been fun. Right. You know, it's been a roller coaster. But uh, you know, there's new there's new challenges and solutions every day. Uh, but uh, I, I just again I appreciate y'all taking the time to think about the, the drivers. You know, and again we're we're it's a, such a hot topic. It's everything. And, uh, and, and and the folks talk again tomorrow. Leah Shaver from NTI is talking about driver pay. She's super sharp. Oh man, and so it, it, that that's a huge thing. 10th Street, Tim's got all the data on yep. the applicant pool, uh, on how many carriers drivers apply to. Some carriers think they just applied to me. It's like, no, they applied a lot of, there's competition out there. Right. And so, um, uh, and so, you know, and, and the CDL school testing, I, I hired, you know, 1,500, 2,000 students a year. And what trickle down effect is that gonna have? If we used to, if we used to bring on 10,000 CDL drivers a month and now it's only 7,500, I'm just guessing on numbers that's going to have a huge trickle-down effect um, down the road. And, and now, have you seen some carriers implement better health practices than others? Are there any best practices that you've kind of seen from anecdotal commentary, given you're talking to so many different truckers? Yeah, and, and, and so much of that is based around uh, orientation. Again, a lot of people just go into the online, but you hear a lot of people talk about their orientation centers uh, and, and mode of transportation. We're not going to use Greyhound anymore. We're going to rent cars. We're going to let people drive their own cars, trying to allow for that, that spacing to happen. It, that's a regular conversation there because uh, uh, we've got to have a good solution because uh, we need drivers to feel safe coming to work for us. It's tremendous. So um, we are going to take Q&A. We oh, have 10 right. minutes set aside. I, mean, I know, right? We'll, we'll see how this materializes. So, so um, the audience can pass along Q&A 
through Skype or through our Slack channel, uh, and we'd be happy to take anyone's questions. Uh, I'll be interested to see what questions materialize yeah, through yeah. the audience. Um, you're, you're a pro at this. I don't do this much, so I'm a little nervous about what's going uh, I don't what's know that I would call myself way. a pro, but I've done it a few times. Um, I think Emily has a few she's going to provide our way. Yeah, so we only have 10 minutes, like you guys said, and we have a lot of great questions, so we'll have to keep our responses short, but that was a fabulous chat. The first question comes from Alex Carpenter. This is for Rob. He said, I'd never say social media advertising is the end-all, be-all, but what do you see are the main differences between social media advertising recruiting and mainstream job board advertising? Yeah, specifically on social advertising, what, what is so good about it is that we can, number one, we can target a radius. So if you need to hire drivers within 25 miles of Kansas City, so social allows us to build that radius very, very well. And then also it allows us to target the, the transportation industry. And so, so it's one of those things, if I can serve ads to a targeted area and I can, based on the, the Facebook criteria, I can do lookalike campaigns or I can narrow it down and say I've got drivers that are in the transportation industry. You can, you can target who you're looking for. Uh, and the other good thing about Facebook is that it's, it's a direct lead. They're applying directly to that particular carrier. They see that ad, they apply to, to that carrier. And so uh, social, specifically Facebook, has, has become a, a norm for the majority of carriers. Uh, and, and targeting is so important with advertising. Philip Stutz did an amazing job today. But, uh, uh, and, and that's definitely an advantage of Facebook. This next one comes from Michael Vincent. How is tech changing the lives of drivers and how will further developments in adoption impact recruiting and retention? Yeah, so, so tech, you think about it. Tim from 10 Street is going to talk tomorrow and, uh, and just talk about the use of mobile both from applying and for communication with drivers. And you think about recruiters on the front line, how much communication happens, uh, again, not even talking anymore, but through mobile devices. And so for uh, applications, for communication, uh, mobile is normal for, for drivers like it is, like it is for, uh, uh, for anyone. There's, there's one thing I've always said, uh, and if anybody out there can figure this out, it, we need to get Wi-Fi on every single truck in America. Uh, I mean, I couldn't imagine living a day without Wi-Fi. And, uh, and some of the trucks in the middle of nowhere, and so that's one tech piece that that I hope somebody starts something up and let's get Wi-Fi on every I, truck. I read a story of one trucker, and I saw I saw I saw photos on this. He stripped out the passenger seat and put in his own refrigerator, cooking station, and some exercise equipment. Where he was able oh, to lose 60 pounds in a handful of months while still working as an OTR because he was packing all his own food yeah. and preparing his own meals, and so. And if he had Wi-Fi, he could have a Peloton on there. Right. You know, you know watch whatever he wants on TV. That's right. <laughs> That's right. This next question comes from Joseph Coast. This is either for Rob or JT. What are some of the best techniques to really get to know your drivers, their personalities, et cetera, since it's so hard right now to meet face-to-face? -face? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I, I, would, I would say to that that technology is one component of that, but the real, real, real core um, uh, thing to think about is the dispatchers. And it's super critical to have an appropriate ratio of dispatch mm. to driver and also ensure that they're uh, materially engaged with drivers, right? Yeah. And, and that's, it might not be face-to-face, -face, but even if you have the same person on the phone every day, every other day, that's, that's a close interpersonal reaction. And the tough thing is in the technology world, there's, there's nothing that beats time. Right. Just spending time with somebody. And that's, that's the tough thing that if we really believe in relationships like the question was, it takes time, whether it be through 
text communication or talking. Um, and, and that's my first question a lot of people. Are you, are you willing to invest some time right. in another person? Yeah. And that's the key. Yeah, because you could, you could implement technology to, to increase your driver to dispatcher ratio, but does that really help the goal yeah. you're looking to get at, which is managing your driver relationships? That's right. This next question comes from Nico Brown with Skybits. I know a lot of people say 2020 is unlike any other year, and it is, but it's also teaching us a lot about future proofing. How do you maintain your processes and procedures with less personnel on site? How does your fleet analysts get their data? That's a tremendous question. Um, and there are a lot of really smart people who can provide phenomenal answers to that. I might not be the best one, and I wouldn't commit Rob to it either. Um, what I would say is, of the truckers I've spoken with, they've been incredibly thoughtful um, with, with understanding the pros and cons of their existing technology suite and how it's helped them navigate through 2020 and taking those lessons to help them think through investments required into the future in case this ever happens again. And again, from the frontline recruiting world, um, I mean, I've mentioned online orientation, but that's something that people dabbled in before all this. Hey, can we, can we do remote, virtual, whatever you want to call it, orientation? And in this situation has forced people to, to perfect that process. And so that's one thing I'm really interested to see. And is that a, is that a long-term thing that sticks, that online virtual remote orientation? Because the cost saving for carriers, if I don't have to pay for a bus ticket, if I don't have to pay for two or three days of hotel room, if I don't have to pay for two or three meals each day, I mean, that's lots of money saved yeah. on that online orientation. Mm -hmm. But you lose the relationship piece that the last question was. That's right. You don't That's get right. that face-to-face -face time. Because so. the average recruiting cost right now for drivers, you know, I've heard quotes between 10 to 15K in totality. Yeah. And part of that's because, you know, when you, when you invest in a single driver, you have to talk to 10 or 20 or whatever. But uh, that's really material when you think about the average annual W-2 for a driver. That's a, it's a significant investment. And if you have 100% driver turnover, you could find yourself with 20 to 25% of your driver costs just being recruiting. That's right. Oh, easily. Easily. So, so the, the more we can cut out of that, it obviously benefits the carriers. So we're, I'm also still trying to figure out, do drivers like online orientation? Do yeah. they want to meet their fleet manager before they get out on the truck? Right. Do, they, do they want to learn the company culture for a day and a half? And mm -hmm. so, of course, everybody's different. So I got to think some like it and some don't like it. Uh, but, um, but again, that's, again, I think that's something in, in the driver world that we can, that's the main process that I'm watching. Yeah, that's right. So we have about four minutes left, so we'll try to get through these quickly. But Dooner asked a question a lot of people were interested in. The drug and alcohol clearinghouse has no clear pathway to recovery for drivers with addiction issues, so the responsibility is on the industry and the employer. How do we help make it easier for drivers with substance abuse issues to get help? That's a great question from Dooner. Yeah. Um, well, I would say, Dooner, that, that's one that, that, that smart minds should be thinking about. You know, in my personal view, I, I can't comment on behalf of the industry, but I believe everybody deserves a second chance. So if someone fails a drug test, there should be a path to recovery and reemployment somehow. And Dooner's question about uh, uh, drugs, the same question could be asked about health, about physical health, uh, about family life. And again, you know, the question I have is, are carriers willing to, to invest in those things? Because that's, a, you know, what, what's the ROI for a carrier to really invest in all those health features for their drivers and for the driver's families? And, uh, you know, we've all got issues in life, and we all need help from people to get through our issues. That's right. And so um, I think 
and to answer Junior's question, I think if this is really the driver shortage we've been talking about for 10 years now, if it's, if it's really coming, it's going to be long term, carriers are going to say we're going to have to invest um, in, 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 in helping drivers have healthy lives, whatever healthy means. Right. Um, if we're going to have drivers for our fleet. That's and right. so I hope that's something that comes out of now seeing this shortage is that, is that carriers go, we're going to invest in families, in health, in abuse, in mental health, uh, because we're going to have to do that to keep drivers. Yeah, and that would be phenomenal if we could see that. So we got about 30 seconds left to answer this last one, Rob, but I wanted to make sure we uh, ask it of Timothy. Henry says, thoughts on direct hire drivers versus lease drivers? Great question. Yeah, uh, and that's a, that's a, I think in this market, everybody is looking at all types of hiring. And that's the beautiful thing is that some things that people used to not think about leasing drivers, now they're thinking about leasing drivers. They used to think about, I mean, you've seen lease purchase programs come up because they go, oh, let's try to get more lease purchase owner operators. And so, um, so I, I think every form of getting a driver in the truck people are looking at those. And so, um, and so leasing drivers, again, for some carriers, they've never had that conversation. And so I think if the truck's empty, they'll go, well, let's talk about it. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, so I, right. think, um, I think it's definitely something Be creative, that, right? Yeah, absolutely, to get the truck filled. That's right, so. that's right. And, 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 that, and, that, and then there's a conversation of direct hire versus owner operator, which you could also have. Yeah, um, a lot, lot of conversations there. That's so, right. But, but, but lease purchase, like I said, that's that owner. You're seeing a lot of that pop up right now. If we're not going to add our own trucks, let's add a Just, just be careful with forced dispatch. Well, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> so I think with that, our time's up. Rob, Rob, have to see my Thank trucks. You, this, is, this is awesome. Yeah. Thank you for your time. I'm JT Angstrom. Appreciate it.